0: Welcome to the GMS Podcast, brought to you by GMS Distribution. GMS specializes in temporary portable power distribution equipment for the restoration contractor. I am your host and owner of GMS, Jared Steer, and today I will be talking to my friends. Hey, there we go. We're recording. I am... Super excited. I always say I'm super excited every time I start a podcast, but I am really super excited today. We're doing something completely different doing it. Uh, I, uh, here we go. Rachel Stewart is on the phone. Uh, we have her. Rachel, how are you doing?
1: I am great. I'm super excited about this too. And I know that you're really excited because I kept getting text <laughs> messages from you all week telling me how excited you are. So listeners, it's not just hype. No, he is excited.
0: It's not. I, this is the first podcast I've taken notes for. So I, I think we're into the 70s or something. And this is the first one I've actually taken notes for. So um, yeah, I can't. The pressure's on me now. I can't mess this up. This is right. It's a little different.
1: So, so, so as a fellow podcaster, though, let me just tell you how impressive that is. Seventy episodes. Are you going to have a big party for your hundredth episode?
0: I think and we can sh- I come? I think we should. Yeah, we should. We should do a one hundredth episode podcast party. All all previous guests are invited. All listeners are invited. We'll just do one big. I like it. I got. I'm going to make a new note now on my on my notes. Okay. <laughs> So, kind of the exciting thing here, me and you have been talking, we've kind of, we've wanted to do something, but at the same time, um, we don't want to do the same thing. So, what we had, we came up with the idea to do an episode, well, two episodes, two episodes, one where you're going to talk to me about the people who have influenced my business and my career and my success, and then another episode where I talk to you about the people who have influenced you and your success, and... I think it's, I'm, well, I'm excited.
1: It's going to be amazing.
0: (laughs) So why don't you, for anybody who doesn't know who Rachel Stewart is, um, why don't you go ahead and give a little bit of a background, some history, let people know who you are uh, before we get started.
1: Yeah. So I am the CEO and the founder of Accelerate Restoration Software. It's a job management product that helps contractors be profitable. And before that, I spent 12 years in the industry running a restoration company in the Phoenix area, Titan Restoration, and we scaled that company from one and a half million to over 22, I think. Which is amazing, yeah. Thank you, thank you. And when I say I think, uh, (laughs) I think it was closer to 24, but we had some really big jobs that, that year, so anyway, I try to back it down a little bit um so in the process of that i have been around the restoration space a lot i also do a podcast where i bring on guests that are really influential in the industry that we and we just talk about a myriad of stuff so do a do a variety of things
0: yeah so, yeah. So that's a little a little background on you. And yeah, you are definitely a leader and an influence, influencer, influential in this industry. Uh, you didn't talk about your book. You also have a book that you wrote.
1: Oh, I do and... have a book. I don't talk about that very much, although I should, right? <laughs> you, should.
0: you did it. Yeah, you should. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the book.
1: Uh, it's called Unqualified Success. And it's about bridging the gap from where you are to where you want to be. And it's about this I think universal feeling of being unqualified, that prevents people from taking the next step or accomplishing what they really want in their life. Um, So I feel like I have been unqualified for every single position I've ever held. And that doesn't just mean in my career, also just in life, (laughs) qualified (laughs) to be a wife, be a mother, to be a friend. Um, It doesn't matter, unqualified, I'm your your gal. but what I found is that it's just about jumping in and getting started and you learn so much along the way and combating fear, you know, utilizing grit, a lot of those things. So yeah. that's what the book is about.
0: No, and I, uh, I read the book. It resonated a lot with me because, I mean, I always I'm kind of like I kind of joke that I'm the electrician that owns a manufacturing company. So yeah, definitely not qualified to own a manufacturing company, but I, but I do. And um, I recall one, well, we're going to get into a lot of stories from, from my kind of success in growing up. But um, with that, I remember sitting in a meeting with a large distributor. We're at the table and now I'm, I'm still a full-time electrician, just kind of trying to get my, you know, trying to sell some power boxes. And they said the word margin. I no I don't know what margin is. I've never used it. I never and I and I sitting at the table talking about pricing and they say, you know, margin, and I go, What's margin? And they all laugh, like, Oh ha you know And I'm like, No guys, I'm serious, like what is margin? <laughs> and, and then they and I was like, Oh, okay, I just never heard it called that before. Okay, where we go. Um so yeah, definitely unqualified for um some of the success that I've had. So I, 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 did resonate with that. And then also your book talks a lot about, like you said, like bridging the gap from where you are to where you want to be. So much of it is mental. Uh, just those ideas in the, in what you actually believe a trick that I just learned of, or I heard of another book, uh, another book I'm reading is called feeling good. And I wanted to, I wanted to share this with you. I meant to share it kind of off the podcast, but now we're doing the podcast first going to talk about it now. Um, <laughs> but I always, you know, I, I look at my to-do list in the morning and it's like, oh, I have to do this, or I need to do this. And so many of those times, like it already puts a weight on your shoulders. As soon as you say, I have to do something, I'm like, you already feel it. And kind of the trick there, just just a little mental switch. Instead of saying you have to do something or need to do something, say that you want to do something. So instead of that's powerful, instead of, uh, I, you know, I have to call this customer back because they're having a problem with their power box and now I have to figure out how to fix it. And you just start going down this negative mental road. Now I want to call this customer back because I want to provide great customer service and I want to help them with their problems so that they can be successful. And, it, and as soon as you change the need or the have to, to want to, it immediately changes from negative to positive, And now you're energized to do that task. So, kind of following a lot of the principles in your book of just say it and it's true kind of thing.
1: Absolutely. And the reality is, is that you are highly qualified despite the fact that you may feel unqualified and you didn't know maybe all of these particular things, but you've definitely learned it along the way. And now you have this amazing, very successful business and if you would have just stayed in these feelings of "Hey, I don't, I don't feel something," then you would have yeah. never gotten going. Which goes exactly to what you're saying. If you can just shift your your mentality to something positive, then you at least get the momentum to take the first step, and that will build yeah. upon itself.
0: Yeah. So uh, if you if you're kind of struggling with that kind of of mentality and mental, Rachel's book, great book, go read it. Um, it's definitely has some really good, really good pointers in there to help bridge that gap of I can't do something to I can do everything. So I thought I thought it was good. Thank you. Yeah. Are we ready to get started?
1: Okay, I'm so excited. <laughs> so,
0: um, well, I guess you're le- you're leading the interview. Yeah,
1: I'm leading this up. I have okay. to, I'm
0: giving up my own podcast. So, okay.
1: Absolutely. So. I would love to go back as far as you want to go back, but I want to start with the number one influencer or the very first, maybe not the number one, but the very first influencer that you had on your career, who were they? Why were they impactful? What building blocks did, did they help you create to take the next step?
0: Yeah. Great question. And that's, that's the very first two people I have on my list. So there's kind of, I'm going to break that out into two different people. Um, One, Obviously first, well, I should say obviously, but first influencer and probably a very, in a very big supporter of mine, my dad, my dad, Stuart Steer, um, you know, I grew up in the family business. And so I started, I mean, I started going on jobs with him when I was 13, like when it, it, the summer came around and I was 13, you know, I was working with my dad. Uh, and then as that progressed, I mean, when I got to my, basically my junior year in high school, When that summer started, I'm working 40 hour weeks. My senior year, I did a like go to school for I think two and a half hours and then I went to work the rest of the day. And so even during my senior year, I was still working 30 to 35 hours a week uh, with dad. And then after that, you know, starting with him. So, I mean, where some people get to spend time with their dad, I was with my dad like eight to 10 hours a day every day for years and years and years, uh, which really, I mean, there was a a lot of struggles with that also, but, you know, um,
1: especially as a teenager, as a teenager
0: with that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When you were in trouble and grounded and then got to go to work the next day, it was was great. Um, But I I got to spend a lot of time with him and he's, he's an entrepreneur. He started his own business. um, And so seeing, and, and my dad is the hardest working person that I know. Um, he, I mean, he just, he works, he works all the time. He, and he, and he loves it. I remember like we would work, like he would get excited. He's like, oh, we just did 14 hours today. Like that would make him excited <laughs> that we like works a ridiculous amount. Like we got up when the, when it was dark and we're, we're getting off work and it's dark. That's so cool. And I'm like, Dad, this is crazy. This is not cool. What are you talking about? But he definitely instilled a work ethic in me that, you just i mean just to work you you work hard um, if you want something go get it and and don't be afraid to work for it and the the other thing that he always told me i don't know how many thousands of times i've heard this my dad always said don't say can't don't say can't and if we were on a job i remember one of the one of the hardest things about being an electrician is pushing a wire a romex wire around a corner in a studded house that's like one of the in my opinion, one of the <laughs> hardest things to do, and uh, and I remember that as like you know, as a kid 13 14 years old, I can't do it, this one's impossible. And he's like, Don't say can't, and he would come over and have it done in like two seconds. And uh, and it was just that I think that was something that was like, I mean, for me, just kind of clicked in my head where honestly, something that I convinced myself was impossible, and and then here's my dad. He had it done in two seconds. Like it wasn't even a challenge for him. I can, I convinced myself it was impossible and it wasn't even a challenge for him. And so he always just, you know, don't say can't, don't say can't. And I'll, I'll even catch myself as an adult, which I don't, I don't, I never say it, but if I even start to think, oh, I can't do that, it's already like, nope, figure it out. Yes, you can. Like whatever you think is impossible, someone else's, it's not even a challenge for them. So let's keep thinking about it, keep processing it, keep, you know, it's not, you, you can do it. Don't say can't. So that was, and I, and that's really helped me in my, my business for sure. When you're talking about the unqualified success, um, right. You know, not being it's like, Oh, I can't, I can't do this. It's like, no, don't say can't. Yes, you can't figure it out. And without kind of his, his push for that work ethic and just work hard and don't be scared to put in the long days. And it's part of the process. And then also his, just constant push of don't say can't don't give up you can do it whatever the challenge is you can overcome it um I think with those two things if I didn't have those I wouldn't be I obviously wouldn't be where I'm at today but those are probably the two biggest things that have made me successful are just those two simple things that I learned from my dad from a young age and over and over and over
1: that's amazing and I think that so many of the people in the industry can probably relate to that The fact that so many have grown up in the industry, had the same experience working in the industry in some capacity or a a closely related industry, all growing up in a family business. And so that's really powerful. And and so I think that many people would have the same number one influencer for the first sure. uh, Yeah. The first person. So very cool that you have that bond with your dad and stuff that you can't replace.
0: Well, I think too, like talking about that bond, I mean, one of the things that is one of the, one of the hardest, I'll tell you, like honestly, one of the hardest things about my business now or like going into business. I remember when I, you know, basically when I had to quit working for my dad because I had so many orders, I needed to go, you know, I needed to go build power boxes and I mean, for like I said, for ten years plus, I was with my dad eight to ten hours a day every single day. To where now, it's like I just remember I was like I was like I was just cut off. I was just cut off from my number one guy, and yeah, you know, now I'm by myself in my own shop and doing my own thing, and. That was hard. It's still it's still hard and I I still miss it. And every once in a while, um, I would I would call my if I had a slow day or something maybe not even a slow day, just whatever. But I would call my dad up and go, Hey, where are you working at today? I'm gonna come work with you and he's just like,
1: oh, that's well, awesome. you know, you
0: don't have to do, you know what I just like, no, I just like, I just want to come, I want to come hang out with my brother. My brother works for my dad too. So it's like, no, I just want to, I just need to get out of my shop. I want to come, I just have fun. I don't even care what the job is. You don't even have to pay me. I just want to come hang out just like, you know, the, the good old days kind of thing and, uh, and just go, right. go hang out with
1: those guys. Wow. That's powerful. So work ethic yeah. and understanding that if you push through something, you use problem solving that you can accomplish it. Right. And not, don't say can't.
0: Right. Right.
1: Okay. So number two.
0: Number two. So when I started well just Warner Cruz. Uh Warner Cruz uh, is
1: by the, the way, that made my list too. Just so you Warner's know. on your list. <laughs> well now Warner's everyone knows how, how big of an
0: influencer this guy is. <laughs> how influential he is. Well so so you have a personal relationship with Warner?
1: Uh, I do. I do. I Warner was one of the very first people. See, now I'm messing up my part, but he was one (laughs) of the very first people that I met in the industry. And he's such a giver. He was so generous with his knowledge and his expertise. And I, I have a very impactful moment that I'll share, save for later of sitting in his office. Um, He took some time out. And anyway, So, so yes.
0: Well, okay. well, then you're going to appreciate these stories even more since you okay, since you actually know Warner. Um, so, yeah, Warner Cruz, uh, he's the owner of JC Restoration just outside of Chicago. Um, so when I start my business, uh, you know, kind of people, most people know, but when I started my business, it was not never supposed to be a business. I was just making some power boxes for my friends. My friend Chris Laney uh, made some for him, for his company. I'm still an electrician. And then I started doing it on the side. I sold some to the Paul Davis. I sold some to the DKI. I sold some to the Serve Pro. You know, just in the Fort Wayne area. Like I said, just a little side hustle. Build them on the on my free time and, and sell them. Well, in 2008, housing market crashes. Basically, our our household income gets cut in half, and we're yes. trying to figure out like how are we going to pay bills. Well, I'm working with my dad, and I'm like, listen, just give me either. Monday and Tuesday off, or give me Thursday and Friday off. You know, let me get, let me have a four day weekend. And what I was doing is I was building power boxes. I, I put them, you know, put them in the car because I knew I already went around and like handed out flyers. That didn't work. No one, no one bought a power box off of a flyer. Um, so I, I put them in my car. What I would do is I would, I, I'd go into a town. So let's just say Chicago, we're talking about Warner. I'd go to, I'd go to Chicago. I would I would find the, the McDonald's because I could eat cheap and I had free Wi-Fi. That was the reason. I, so I'd find the McDonald's, um priceline search a hotel, and then I would um, go to yellowbook.com and type in water restoration contractor or water restoration and I'd get a list. And then I would start mapping them out and I had my GPS unit and I would map out around the city, uh, kind of a, a path, one, two, three, four, so that I'd be the most efficient and then i would drive up i'd walk in ask to speak with you know operations director and which of course no one's available uh that's fine and i would just leave the power box with them i would just i would just drop it off like just here show them this you know let them see it i'll be back in a week to pick it up and so i would just drop them off drop them off leave go to the next one drop them off then i'd come back the next week same route go through and pick them up which about 50 percent of the time they were sold. I loved when I would go in and they're like, "We actually have that on a job right now. How much do we owe you?" Um, so that was <laughs> That's awesome. that was pretty cool. So that would actually work. So I would drop them off and leave. Well, so I'm in Chicago, JC Restoration pops up on my list. I remember I drove up. Beautiful building. You know, beautiful. beautiful. It's building. gorgeous. And I and it and I was kind of overwhelmed and nervous and I'm like, "This is not the like, I'm in the wrong place. This is not, these guys don't want to see what I have. Um, but I'm like, no, I'm here. Just do it. Go in, talk to them. So I go in, no one's available. Uh, so I'm like, that's fine. Let me just drop this off. I'll set this here. And, um, you know, I'll come back next week. I got maybe a minute down the road, my phone rings. And, uh, you know, oh, hello, this is Jarrett. And hi, did you just did you just leave some electrical equipment here? And I was like, yeah, and I was prepared, like, come get this crap out of my office, (laughs) like, what? And it was, and it's Warner, and he goes, and he says, he says, this is Warner, he goes, I just want you to know how much I appreciate that you didn't bother anyone. And I was like, excuse me, he's like, like, (laughs) you came in, you dropped it off, you didn't bother anyone, you're going to let us look at it on our time, he goes... That's great. He goes, I just looked at it. I love it. When can, when can we talk about it? Can you come back? Yeah.
1: (laughs) You're like, yes, I can do that. I can,
0: I can come back. Now keep in mind, I don't know who Warner is at this moment. I I walk in, he's standing there, has, has the power box kit over his shoulder. And uh, he's like, here, let's, let's go over here and talk. And we go, we go to his cubicle, which is hilarious because Warner has this beautiful office upstairs. What I didn't know at the time is it's being remodeled. So he's working out of a cubicle. (laughs) Okay, and he's overexcited. I mean, he's he's a super fun, super happy. But you know, we sit down and we start talking, and I can tell right away that he's not like the operations director that I want to talk to about this equipment. And I and in my I'm like, who who is this guy? Like, I don't like. Is he just like the office manager that's just like overly friendly? Like, we're in a cubicle. We're in a cubicle. Um, I have no idea who he is. And um, so we're talking. And and then finally he's like, he's like, so you made this? I'm like, yes, I made it. He goes, I. He goes, we have problems. So I make this power box that plugs into range and dryer outlets for residential use. Uh, I mean, small small time, small time project, little project. He goes, well, we dry high rises, and I have a problem with our generator. Can we go take a look at that? And I'm going like. I'm talking about like we're talking like a 2000 square foot house and now we're talking about high rises and he wants to go 50 feet up or 50 stories high and and I'm like okay yes the, uh, let's go talk yeah we can go talk about that so we go out to his generator and he wants to know the difference between single phase and three phase well my electrical career I rarely dealt with three phase cuz I was a residential electrician did a lot of remodels I didn't I didn't know the the like uh, the correct answer, but I don't, like. I need to, I need to sound like I know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't want this guy to think that I don't like I'm, we're here. We're talking. So I just start. I, I don't even know what I was saying. I was just like rambling and just talking and Warner is standing there and he's just staring at me. He's not saying anything, no facial expressions. He's just staring at me and I just keep talking and I just keep talking. And I haven't said anything yet. Uh, you know, I'm talking a lot, but I haven't said anything. And I get—I guess I get done. And he just looks at me. I'll never—he probably doesn't even remember this. But he looks at me. and He says, "I would appreciate it that the next time you don't know the answer to one of my questions, you would just let me know that you don't know, but you'll find out." <laughs> and I said, "Okay." And I yes, thought sir. at that <laughs> point, like he's going to walk me to my car and we're done. And instead. Warner has some grace about him that, like I said, I don't even think he remembers it. He never brought it up again. He never held that against me. And to this day, I mean, that was 14 years ago. I have never rambled or just tried to fake my way through anything. As as soon as I don't know something like Warner's in my head and I go, I don't know the answer to that, but I will look into it and find out and let you know. And that has been my response ever since that moment with him, which has been huge. I mean, it was was huge. So that was my first... That's so great. That was my first meeting, Warner. And then after that, so we talked about the generator. I was like, now I'm going to get back to him. Well, then he wants... Now he, he just bought this new building. And so we head upstairs. This is where we go into his office. And he wants to do... I don't know, like wants to control the TV from his desk or... I don't had some electrical crazy idea, and then he wanted to put this crazy looking light up in his uh, in the barber shop that they had. Which Warner's place is amazing, and and his whole facility. Uh, yeah, maybe we should barber- just stop
1: if listeners have not been oh there. There's a barber shop. He Here's a barber shop. Is yeah. There's a spa like yes. where masseuse can come. Yes. There's, I, I mean, their their game room or their I, I don't know what you would call it, but kind of their kitchen lounge area is unreal they've got this massive training conference center their content space is unreal and then (laughs) just the immaculate the immaculate warehouse the the most incredible thing that you've probably ever seen so if you're going to chicago on vacation go stop by warner's place because it will be the best thing that you've seen JC, you're yeah, if
0: you're in this industry you're in chicago and you haven't seen jc restoration go go check it out yeah yeah no it's it's so that was my first meeting so this is like at this point now like now i'm figuring out that he's the owner and i'm like oh my gosh like i so yeah so from talking thinking that he was like maybe like an assistant to the office manager (laughs) when I first, when I first met him to then like 20 (laughs) minutes later, finding out that he's the owner of this complex. And uh, it was, I was, I was a mess after that meeting. I, I, but anyway, so um, that was my, my first, my first meeting with Warner. And then since then, you know, and then the other thing is like, you know, then we start talking and he's so, he's so personable you know, so he's like, "So what are you doing out here?" And it's like, "We're doing, you know, selling stuff." Where are you from, Indiana? Why are you out here? And he just starts talking. And it's, you know, you finally get to, well, you know, my my income's cut. I don't I don't have a lot of work, and he just put up that new building and had all these little like odds and ends to do list done, and he goes. I mean, there was like you know he wanted a motion sensor in the bathroom. He wanted the barbershop light put up. He wanted some uh, cables ran from his TV over to another TV to link them, or just all these little odds and ends things. Something in the conference room, and and basically he said, well why don't you why don't you come up here on the weekends? You can come work for me on the weekends, and so I would. <laughs> this is I mean, crazy, but this is a, this is what would happen. So I would leave. I would get done working. I'd drive to Warner's place. He had a, uh, like an apartment set up out in the warehouse for anybody that needed to stay, stay overnight, you know, doing, you know, work late, whatever you need to catch some sleep. So there was a bed up there and I would, I would come in, I would stay there, get up in the morning. And then I would have my checklist of odds and things that needed done at JC Restoration. And I would do all, you know, run through the checklist, just knock things out, knock things out. I would have a meeting with him Sunday night before I left. He'd write me a check. And I'd go home and I, and I did this with him for probably four to six months. I mean, he just, oh, wow. he just kept me busy with these little, which, you know, at the time it was huge for me. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to pay my bills. We don't have enough money coming in. And so, I mean, that was amazing that he was able to do that for me and, and offer it to me. And so, yeah, I, it was like four or six months that I did that. And then, you know, we'd go out for lunch and, and then, he kind of became a mentor at that point too. I mean, just watching him and how he did business and how he conducted with his staff and the reasons he was doing things. And, uh, I don't know, I, that, that time that I got to spend at JC restoration for those, you know, those months was very, very important to the success of my, of my business today. And then, I mean, in the Warner stories, just, they just keep going. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Then, uh, oh, I remember, well, so, so after that, you know, we're getting back to, he was the first generator system that I built, like this large, elaborate system, uh, electrical, he wanted to be able to go up 50 stories in a high rise, and this was the size of his generator, and he needed the electrical equipment to do it, and I ended up putting a package together for him, and it was, I mean, it was $60,000, was, wow. was the package, which at this time, like I'm selling power boxes for like, I think it was like $590, you know, is what those were. So <laughs> a $60,000 pack, like I've never, this is a point in my life where I've never even dealt with numbers like $60,000. And so I put this quote together and I remember I met with his staff. We all came in the room. We all talked about it. Everyone agreed that this is what they wanted. This is what they needed. And, uh, Warner's like, I remember he looks across the table and he goes, you want to get lunch? And I was like, yeah, And so we go to lunch and uh, we're sitting there and he goes, he goes, okay. He goes, I know you're building power boxes out of your garage. And I was like, yes. And he goes, and you're an electrician? I said, yes. He goes, you just proposed an electrical system that's $60,000. And I was like, "Uh, yes. And he goes, I can buy a truck with $60,000. He goes, can you do this? Can you? can you actually build this for me? And I and I said, I can, and I will find a way. To, I'll find a way to do it. Yeah, I can do it. And he just he goes, okay, let's do it. And so... That's
1: awesome. I
0: mean, it was just like those kind of moments and those points where... I mean, there's, again, with unqualified success, right? Like, there's no reason anyone should have trusted me with $60,000, but you know we had that conversation and he just he's just like you said you can do it let's do it if you can do it let's do it and uh and he trusted me with it and i i i in my opinion and i think in his too i overdelivered on that system and uh that's amazing and got it out there to him got it to him on time right when i said i was going to trained everybody up on it and and that was probably 12 maybe 12 years ago they're still using it it's still it's still operational and uh and we're actually he's been twisting my arm to build another one for him and uh I've been reluctant to do so because I just I I do good with the power boxes and I don't but
1: yeah, yeah. what what is his he's... line item for that when he bills for it
0: oh I've, <laughs> I have no idea I have no idea, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it ended up being a fantastic a three phase panel that then broke out to three 100 amp panels that then broke out to my power distribution units. I mean, it was, it was in, it was crazy. It was, it was absolutely crazy. And this is one of the coolest things I've ever built for the restoration industry, uh, you know, was that system. But uh, yeah, that's uh, amazing Warner. And then, you know, ever since then, well, and actually, and then that, that $60,000 job, that money right there is basically what launched gms distribution into what it is today i mean that's that's the money that that got everything ul listed and got you know i mean it did it did everything uh it was you know, that one job so um warner warner for me he he can call me up and want he gets anything he wants i mean he could he could call <laughs> me up right now and be like i need you in chicago and i would find a way to get on a plane this afternoon and be in chicago so um but yeah he's he's the guy that uh Believed in me, mentored me, and uh, and was also influential in getting me some meetings with some larger distributors that would not talk to me at all. As soon as Warner calls them and says, "Hey, I want you to talk to this guy," they're like, "Okay, yeah, send him in." Uh, so very helpful in in that too. He's Warner, your door
1: so, opener, your wingman, right? Oh my
0: gosh, just a amazing amazing guy. I love him. Um, I still haven't got him on the podcast yet. I'm going to actually. Everybody on this list. I have only had one person on my list, or two. My dad was on, and then uh, we'll get to Ron Colling. He's been on. But uh, everybody else that I'm going to talk about today are going to be eventual guests. Oh, and I guess one more thing with Warner, too. Um, the first convention I ever went to was the RIA conference. It was in St. Louis at that, that time. And he let me take the generator system to St. Louis to show it to everybody there. So that was another you know, really cool thing that he didn't have to do but, but did for me. You know, he's like, why don't you, you know, get the booth, take our stuff. It's the coolest stuff that you have. Take our stuff, go down, show it to them. And uh, and that's cool. And then he walked around that show and told everybody that I was awesome. And and so, yeah, big. He's been a huge supporter. And I, I, I love that guy. Yeah,
1: he is amazing. Yeah. And the thing is, it would be one thing to have one story like that right that that in your lifetime you've affected somebody's career or somebody's life like that he has dozens of stories hundreds of stories like that where he's impacted people yeah really amazing individual
0: absolutely well it's so and it's so funny that you know when i brought him he's on your list too but it's just that's just the kind (laughs) of guy he is though that's the kind of guy he is so oh that's that's awesome
1: Okay, number
0: three. So moving into my next guest. So I talked about the, the RIA show in St. Louis. So the next guy uh, is is Scott Wilson, and he works for Midwest. That's how it was Midwest Rental, which now has been bought out by a Ramsco and became now a Ramsco's rental fleet. Um, but Scott Wilson was in the booth right next to me. And You know, and this is a, I think for people to understand, I mean, I showed up at the RAA and you've been to these trade shows. And if you come to my booth now, I have an amazing booth and it's lit up. And we have, like, we've got all the banners and all the signs and everything logoed out and all the tablecloths. And I even have carpet that lays out that has logoed on. I mean, it's, our booths are amazing now. And, and really everyone's are. I mean, you, you have to put some time into your booth if you're to go to these shows. People put a lot of time in. This was the first trade show I'd ever been to. So I, I literally rolled up to it with – I had a, a four-foot, like, card table that I pulled out of the back of my – I drove down from Indiana – or from Fort Wayne to St. Louis. I had a card table, a fold-up chair, and I had uh, – and then Warner's panel, that generator panel that he let me take down there. And I had a, a power box kit that I put – set out on the table. I didn't have a banner. I didn't have a tablecloth. I didn't ha- – I – I don't – my flyers were garbage. I mean, like, I had nothing – I had no idea what to expect, you know, and I'm thinking maybe – because I'd, I'd seen some, like, Fort Wayne home show kind of stuff, and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I'll go down there. And then uh, and I remember – well, you know when you get to those trade shows and they have, the like, the white – just that little white narrow board that says, like, Boost 63, right. GMS. Like, I left that up because it was the only sign that I had.
1: Like, that was –
0: so – I get there. I'm completely out of place, you know, and and I think I had some people even at that show. I've had it happened to me plenty of times where they're like, "Uh, yeah, you're not going to make it here. You're in the wrong space. This isn't for you. Um, But anyway, I stuck it out. I stayed there. I talked to everybody. And um, but Scott Wilson was right next to me and he supported me from the minute from the minute we shook hands and I introduced myself and told him what I was doing. He was sending customers, like, make sure you stop at this booth. Look at this. Check out this guy's stuff. And um, and then the, the the day that we were leaving and we were packing up, he handed me a USB drive and said, here's all of my contacts for the restoration industry.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Which was hundreds. Unreal. Hundreds of con. He goes, this is all of my contacts. I want you to have it. Which is That's
1: so amazing. Who does that? No one does that. Scott Wilson, apparently. (laughs) Scott
0: Wilson, Scott Wilson did it. And, you know, over the years, like I said, that guy has been a huge supporter of mine. We've always found each other at the show. We've always went to dinner or got a drink or, you know, something. I'll go to his booth for 10 minutes. He comes over to my booth for 10 minutes, passing people back and forth. But again, just what a, what a great guy. And, and kind of in a, in a sea of non-support, you know, there's a couple key people that stand out that it's like, you know, almost give you the confidence. Like I, like, I remember looking through trade shows and going to the list of who's going to be there. And if Midwest was going to be there, it made me feel better because I knew at least I had somebody. I got Scott Wilson. At least I got somebody there. And um, so, yeah, so that he's been a a great friend, a, a great influencer of mine and a tremendous help for my business and, and then launching it and making connections and, and what a fantastic individual Scott Wilson is.
1: That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Which I think now he's retired in Florida and you can't get a hold of him, but, um, hopefully I can still convince him <laughs> to get on a podcast. He'll probably just tell you like, he's like, I don't want to do a podcast. Just come down to Florida and just come hang out with me. Um,
1: <laughs> that's a good transition, a trade-off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So Scott, Scott Wilson's my next guy. Um, that really kind of just helped launch, launch me and launch the business. Yeah.
1: Isn't it so amazing how impactful those people can be at those right moments when you're feeling a little bit vulnerable and insecure and like you have this dream, but the reality of making it happen is so daunting and overwhelming and how just those little acts of, of grace and kindness and generosity. Yeah. Stay with you for years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, One, you know, and, and at that showing, just like you're talking about, the right moment and the right time. You know, we're packing up. I think I sold maybe two. Like I didn't sell enough to pay for the show, and uh, you know, I'm feeling completely discouraged at that moment. Where I got, I got more negative feedback from you know I would get I mean, people would come by the booth and I've and I've got it for years like I can handle it but it's just like you know in that moment when you think you're showing up with the latest and greatest and then your booth is garbage and you're like oh shit that kind of sucks <laughs> and then you know people are coming by they're like they're like ah oh, no we don't use that little stuff you know and they and just people are just writing me off immediately before I can even tell them what what I have and it was you know in a lot of those trade shows in the in the early days it was like it was more of me going to defend myself to everyone more than it was like share a product and participate in the industry. It was, it was, it was that. So, you know, yeah, no, I'm packing up. You're feeling discouraged and then Scott hands you the USB with hundreds and hundreds of contacts. And he's like, Hey, I think you got a great product. I want you to have this. And you're like, Oh, okay. I can keep going. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. This is, so this is the next step. So this is, you know, what I got from that show. And, uh, yeah. You never know. And I think it's important to, I mean, one thing we're talking about today is, is how people have influenced me and we're going to talk about how people have influenced you. But I also think in going back to Warner and going just even to Scott and everybody else on my list, you know, I'm going to tell stories. They may not even remember.
1: Probably not.
0: But how much that moment and what their action was influenced me at that time. I mean, it's almost a testament of what we can do for other people where we don't actually know the impact of our gestures, but just by just be by going out and being a good person, you know, how much, how much influence have I had in someone's life? I don't know, but I would have to, I would I would hope that I've done something at some point where somebody could be like, you know what, this one time, Jarrett said this and it, you know, and it just shows like, you don't know what it is or when it is or what it could be, but just by being a good person, you can really have a big impact on other people.
1: hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that was, yeah. So that was, that was Scott.
1: Okay. Number four.
0: <laughs> so yeah. Next person on my list, a uh, guy, Chris Slako and, and coincidentally out of Chicago. So uh, um, Chris Slako at this time, when I met him, he was a uh, sales representative at a Rams co And, you know, and kind of, you know, to give perspective, I'm selling a power box to distribution companies. I didn't know who a Ramsco was. I didn't know. I didn't know who a Ramsco was. So I just remember I'm going door to door again. And I found out early that when I would go in with my with my kit, I would leave the lid open so you could see it. Because there were so many times where they're just like, no, no, not interested, not interested. And they're like, oh, wait, what is that? You know, and they would they would look right at it. So I'm, I always left it open. While I'm walking in, Chris Slakos goes walking out. And he looks down. And he goes, you're the guy with the power box. And I'm, yeah, like I, this, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I am. And uh, he goes, uh, he handed me his card. He goes, go, it, go. He goes, I don't want to bother you. He goes, go in, do it, you know, do whatever you got to do, but make sure you call me. Okay. So I go in, I have it, I get out in the car, I call him. And uh, so, yeah, he's a sales rep at a Ramsco. I go and meet with him and he's like, I, I can sell these for you. I like you, all the people you're going to, I'm already seeing it. They're showing it to me. Like I can sell these for you. We just, you know, we just got to get it approved through a Ramsco. So kind of long story short, climbing that ladder is impossible, you know, to go to try to get a product approved and, and get right impossible. So we kind of we kind of dabble in that for a little bit. Well, pretty soon he just goes, "I'm going to backdoor it," and I'm like, "Well, like backdoor. What does backdoor it mean?" He goes, "I'm just going to go sell them." He goes, "Eventually, you're going to get a call from our purchasing department because they're not going to know what I'm selling and they and they need them. And when they do, you just give them the part number and the price. They'll enter it into the system, and we'll just we'll get rolling that way." And so, (laughs) so Chris, I don't know if Chris is going to get in trouble for this. Hopefully not, but. Chris Chris went and sold my product before it was a product even a Ramsco carried. He just went and sold it and they would pass, you know, the purchase order off to purchasing and they're sitting there like, We don't even have this in our system. Like what is this? And then they would call me up and Oh yeah, yeah, here's the part number for that. This is how much it costs, and then they would send me the purchase order and I'd fill it and send it out and and so we that was how I got it into That's so amazing. Got it into a Ramsco it was was like just Chris Slaco was doing it. And then uh, a couple months after doing that, and we've done, I don't know, 10 or 12 of them. Uh, he called me up and said, Hey, uh, Peter Curran, the vice president of sales at Aramsco. He goes, Peter Curran's coming up. He goes, I'm going to schedule a meeting with him and you. We all need to talk about it. And so I remember, you know, and Peter Curran's on my list too. He's the next guy. So Chris Slaco gets me in the door with Aramsco that way with backdooring it. Again, you know, it's so funny. It's like, as I'm telling all these stories, uh, your unqualified success book is just like in my head constantly (laughs) because (laughs) because like here i am i shouldn't be in these positions i'm in but but here i am i'm i'm in them so i'm at a table with chris and peter and you know and we're we're all talking about it and showing the product and and peter looks at chris and he's you know can do you think we can sell these and chris is like i've already sold 12 of them and he goes you have like peter's like looking at him you have like how he's like, okay. Anyway, he goes, how many, he goes, how many do you think we need to bring in? And, and I'm pretty sure Chris's response is like, we should have five at every branch. And he goes, okay, let's do it. And, (laughs) and I'm just like sitting here like, like, wait, what's going on? So I think at the time they had like seven branches. So you're talking like 35 units, um, which is the biggest sale I've ever had to date. You know, like this is, this is unbelievable. And I remember I got out of that meeting was in the parking lot i called my wife i told her about it and uh, i was like you know but but like don't get too excited like i've heard you know these these kind of things can fall through and uh you know i'll i'll get excited when i see the purchase orders you know i'm like you know we'll we'll still see what happens it still doesn't seem believable yet and i hadn't left the parking lot yet and my email started dinging and it was purchase orders from a rams co for five units to all seven of their stores and oh, wow. so that was, that was, uh, I mean, another kind of monumental moment right there. Cause then once I got distribution into a Ramsco, well, that just took it nationwide for me. So that was the very first moment where I had national distribution. And if it wasn't for Chris Slako backdooring it for a couple months, uh, I don't, I don't know if it would have, if it really would have ever happened.
1: That's amazing.
0: So, so that, and then Chris and Peter's, you know, still to this day, big supporters. And, and, uh, I always, you know, and, they, and it's kind of funny. It's like everybody on this list, they all get special treatment. You know, it's Peter can call me, call me up and he's like, Hey, what's the minimum for blah, blah. You know, I go, Peter, what do you want? Like <laughs> Forget, forget minimum. Just what do you want? I don't have, you know, he'll tell me like, okay, I don't have it in stock, but I'll start building it now. It'll ship tomorrow. And, uh, And yeah, these you know everybody on this list—they've had such a big impact on on me personally and just the success of the company. That, like I said, if 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 you're on the list, I think they know. They're like, yeah, you can you can get anything you want from me.
1: That's amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So you know that's kind of the story, and I know your next question is going to be who's next, right?
1: Yes. That is my question. Who's next? Although I don't know, maybe this is a good time. Like just hearing these stories yeah. makes me um, so supportive of you. As an individual, and what you have gone through in order to get these power boxes to the industry, and I don't even need a power box, and I want to hang up <laughs> here and go order a couple of power boxes. Well, we'll get <laughs> one custom
0: made with accelerate labels on it, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> but seriously, I mean, it's just there's so much heart in what you've done and what you've had to overcome in order to build this and all of these influential people and what you're doing for the industry and just makes you so likable. Um so yeah. Well, if you need well, a power box you. and you're listening and even if you don't and even,
0: even if you don't need one, just go get one.
1: Oh, that's get a great. power box.
0: That is great. Oh and so-
1: order it from a Ramsco <laughs> too, or other other or or all other distributors, yeah, all
0: distributors are great. <laughs> Rachel didn't mean that.
1: Yes, no, <laughs> no, no, but I did so not.
0: well, and so yeah, kind of going on to so like the next, kind of the next big distributor. So, you know, after you get in with the Ramsco, and at this time, this is before uh, a Ramsco acquired Interlink, so Interlink is still their own their own store. They're still doing their own thing, and for me, that was the next big distributor to get in with was interlink and uh and it's funny because ron calling is on my list he's next but he's the guy that i needed to talk to and get my product to and convince in a sense to brent to let interlink bring it on and sell it that it's a good product and no matter how ron doesn't return my emails he doesn't return my phone calls like he is impossible i still give him i still give him shit today for it we still laugh about it because we're really good friends now but you know he shared an email with me the other day that uh, he was cleaning out some, some mail. It goes back to, like, 2011 or something. And it was, like, from somebody that, hey, there's a power box guy that stopped by and dropped off this yellow thing. And he wants to talk to you. What should I tell him? And he was, like, give it back to him. <laughs> and, and just he blew me off for a while. But um, so I'm trying to get in with Interlink. Well, so next guy on my list, John Otero. John Otero is, uh, at this time he's a sales rep at interlink and he's in charge of the test, the TES heating system, uh, interlink. He's the guy that's, that's pushing that. So he's at all the trade shows. And at one point I'm across the the aisle from John. Well, the TES unit is a heating unit. It uses a lot of power. So immediately John sees my product and he's like, your product gives more power to the jobs. Like, yeah, this is a perfect fit. And, um, so now he's advocating for me and trying to get this meeting with Ron. And I think we get to the next trade show, and he comes up to me and says, has Ron called you yet? And I said, no, not yet. And he goes, okay, hold on. And he went over, and he grabbed Mr. Hanks, who's the, the owner, president of, of Interlink Supply and Bridgepoint and Bridgewater and all the other, but he's, you know, the Hanks brothers. And he brings Mr. Hanks over to the booth, and he goes, we need to get these we need to sell them right now. We need to get Ron a meeting with you and with Jarrett and with Ron. And he looked at me he goes, when can you be in Nashville? I go, I can, I'm six hours away. Like I'm in Fort Wayne. I'm six hours away from Nashville. I can be there anytime. He goes, you guys need to have a meeting like tomorrow. And he just walked away. And so, so, uh, so Hanks is standing there. And he's looking, he's like, okay. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about your product? <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> John, John just just like dropped the ball on him and then just left. And um, and so I'm talking to him, talking about it, and we get the meeting, and we go to Nashville, and we you know put the product out there, and I get the meeting with Ron, and um, and now we're you know now we're moving forward, we're roll, we're rolling with Interlink. Now we're just discussing minimum quantity, like figuring out all the details, quantities and purchase prices, and and this kind of thing. And uh, so that was where John Otero, and He's still a great friend, huge supporter. He's always supported me, you know, ever since then, still today. Um, but he just that that one, just that one. I'll never forget it. He just walked over to the booth, was like, "We need these now. Get it done," and just walked out. <laughs> and it was it that was amazing. So, it was so fun. But it that's what it, that's what it worked, and it got it into Interlink. And then uh, with Ron. So then our next conversations, you know, I'm talking with Ron, and now they're talking about bringing in some some very large quantities of, of material. And he, you know, they want best pricing. And I remember we were all on the phone and uh, we start, we get to the pricing part and Ron just goes, he's, he goes, you know what guys, I think, I think I can take it from here. You know, let's let everybody get back to work. Uh, I'll finish this up with Jared. And they're like, okay. Yeah. Everybody jumps off the phone and and I'm on with Ron. So I tell Ron the price and, you know, and basically like I'm quoting, I'm, I don't know how to quote things. I, 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 price, I wanted it, I wanted it into uh, interlink so bad that, I mean, I hashed through numbers and I'm like, okay, well, you know, if I can make $40 an hour building power boxes, it takes me 27 minutes to make one and they want to order 27 of them. And like, you know, I'm doing all this math and, and I come up with a price and I tell it to Ron and he goes, and I, and, and I look, I'm probably going to get so many people in trouble, but um <laughs> You know, he tells me he goes he goes, "Okay." He goes, "I'm going to be your friend Ron right now." He goes, "We're not doing business." And I said, "Okay." He goes, "That's not enough. You need to charge more." And I'm I'm like, "No, like uh, really?" And he's like, "Yeah." He goes, "You need to be" and he threw a price at me that was like 15% higher than what I was telling him. And I I'm like, "Really?" And he goes, yeah, he goes, just look at it this way. He goes, he goes, you're going to get the sale. He goes, you're going to charge more. And if, and if you're making more money than you need to, then cool. Add it to your kid's college fund. He goes, but don't sell them at that price. You need to sell them at this price. And I was like, okay. okay." And he goes, okay, now we're going back to business. How much are they? (laughs) And so I obviously quoted him back. That makes me so
1: happy. Quoted
0: him back his price. And he goes, it sounds good to me. Let's go ahead and get the order placed. And so, you know, and it was, it it was, it's things like that where, you know, you really love this industry because like Ron, you know, like looking at it now, like back as, you know, all the business that I've done for this many years, Ron's looking out for a lot of people in that moment. He, he saw the potential in the product. He wanted to make sure I stayed around as a business. He knew the value of it to the industry. And, and he didn't take advantage. He he could have easily taken advantage of me, which would have put me in a really tight spot and, you know, but he just, he, uh, he's a great business person. He's a, a good friend. He's just a good human being, you know, all of the above, but, but he did. I mean, I, I was just like, wait, I told you a price and now you're telling me to charge you more and you're okay with that. And he's yeah, the, right. and, and, um. And and he was right. At the end of the day, he was right. I was pricing it too low, and it would have definitely hurt my business if I sold it for that price. So, um, you know, he was looking out for for me, for the industry, for his company. At the end of the day, but um, but just that, you know, that was a that was a huge. And Ron, I had a bunch of story, bunch of stories about Ron. But I think I've gotten him in enough trouble. Um, but that was you know that first kind of interaction with him, where where again it was like. You know, after that conversation, immediately I go, I can trust Ron. Like, I'm, right. not, I'm not worried about Ron trying to take advantage of me. I like Ron's right. going to tell me. And so, so many times, I don't know how, like, I don't know how many times, 10, 20, 30 times, you know, we'll be on a phone, we'll be on a conversation. And, it, and either one of us at some point will go, Okay, hold on, hold on. So I'm friend Jarrett now. And this is what I want to talk to friend Ron or he'll, he's like, I'm friend Ron. I want to talk to friend Jarrett and, and, (laughs) and that we're able to do that and be able to, you know, get our business done, but then also, okay, friend, hold on. We're going to be friends now and have a different conversation and, and, and be able to separate that, um. His he just has a, a, I mean, it's just the relationship with him. I cherish it. Uh, I, I love that I have friend Ron that I can go and talk to. And, uh, and he's again, a huge part in my success because if he wouldn't, if he wouldn't have raised my prices for me, um, I don't know if I would, if I would be here cause I was pricing it too low. I, I don't know that I would yeah. have, that I would have made it, or at least I would have struggled later trying to raise prices. And, um, but yeah, his just that he was that genuine and that honest and and huge huge influence. I mean, he's a big part of the reason why why we're still here today and still and still successful. So, Ron Calling, that's my that's my other guy. That's my guy.
1: All right, I want to yeah. meet friend Ron.
0: Ron, yeah. <laughs> don't talk to business, Ron. He's a dick. But friend Ron is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so this is actually, so this is timing out really well. I wasn't sure. I knew I had a lot on my list. I try to keep our podcast to about an hour. I'm at 55 minutes right now, and I have one person left on my list. So this, Perfect. Is, this is timing out pretty well. Yeah. Are you ready to hear the last person, or do you? I'm excited. I'm on
1: pins and needles. This has been so fun.
0: Where are we? Okay, so uh, last person on my list is my best friend Scott Valentik. and he has been a friend of mine for 15 years. Um, and he's he's that I mean he's my best friend. He's the one of the biggest supporters that I've that I've ever had. He's never had anything negative to say about my business. He's been so encouraging all the time. He he nicknamed me. And for anybody listening to this, no one else can call me this. Only Scott can call me this. But he nicknamed me G Trilly. G trillionaire and, uh, and because he's like, dude, your business is so successful and you're so awesome. You're going to be a trillionaire one day. You're G truly, you're G truly. And uh, I mean, he just has this energy and he pushes it. And like I said, always a supporter, nothing ever negative to say, always just like, what are you doing now? What are you doing next? What's G truly doing? And, and he's, oh, that's awesome. he's fantastic. He's fantastic. And, and you know, and back in the, back in the early days, you know, I mean, you can. It's pretty easy to say. Like, I was broke. You know, like I was broke starting out with this company, and um, to the point where there was there were times I had to run to Cleveland. I had a vendor in Cleveland, and I would go and get parts from, and he would let me borrow his Prius because his Prius got better gas mileage than my Explorer, and I could save fifty dollars on that trip. So I mean, <laughs> and I'm not and I'm not joking. And I don't I don't know if you've ever been in this situation. Like, fifty dollars was a lot
1: right that was a
0: lot It uh it's right. so yeah so that he you know he would come over like here you take the Prius today I drive it to Cleveland which was the thing was Prius the thing was amazing you put like $20 in it and would get you to Cleveland and back it was unbelievable but um you know just that he was he's always been that he's always been there for me never failed me and I know that he's like he's that one guy in my life uh that no matter what was going on no matter what time it was no matter what I needed like Scott Valentik's going to be there. He's going to he's going to figure out a way to to be there and help. And and he's been such a influential person and in just just to keep pushing me, just to keep just to keep going, just to keep getting better, keep doing it. And uh, and a great support system, great accountability partner over the years. And uh, just, I I love that guy. Scott Valintix, my guy. That's, he's awesome.
1: That's amazing, and I yeah. love that you ended it with a personal. Person versus somebody that was maybe in the industry or in your career, just somebody that's just been there through thick and thin on your business side, but also personally. Yeah, that's huge.
0: Well, trying to, I was, you know, I kind of tried to put it in a timeline, and it was like, where does Scott fit in? It's like Scott's beginning and end. He's been, he's been here and is still here and is still, you know. So yeah, he's. I don't. I. I, I'm like starting to get emotional talking, but uh, um gosh Scott's been he's been he's just been huge I mean I mean you gotta anybody that has a friend that nicknames you G G Trilly and I mean huge (laughs) huge supporter and I've and I've appreciated every minute I've had with him uh he's that's that's he's fantastic yeah
1: Well, this was so fun so fun I well
0: and thank you so much for being here to do this with me um you know, I mean, there's so many, so many great stories that I've wanted to share, and it's, you know, how do you, you know, kind of as the podcaster or whatever, but it's like, how do you get those out there? And and so for us to be able to come together and team up on this project, um, thank you for being here and and for just listening to it and having the feedback that you have, and I can tell you, you're next, and I am. Super excited to hear, you know, all the people and all the stories that you have, because I'm sure they're just as fantastic as, as anything I've shared today. So this is this is fun. I don't know how we're going to do more of this, but we should.
1: Yeah, we should. There's, there's some good stories there. And what's fun is that we get, you're far enough in your journey where these stories are past and they're super fun to talk about, but in the moment... Yeah. Two, there was probably a lot of fear involved in that. And obviously, some people took some risks on you, those risks paid off yeah. for them and for you. Um, but that's, that's cool that you've gotten this far in your career, that those stories are now part of that legacy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And they're, gosh, they're, they've been, it's been so much fun just to share them with you today, too. Well,
1: that's great. Hey, Yep. We'll, we'll flip the table.
0: Yeah. So coming up soon. Well, I guess, I mean, as we're, as we're ending, go ahead. Do you have maybe an intro for what we're going to do on your podcast?
1: Uh, We're going to do the exact same thing. We're going to go through my career and talk about the people that had huge influence on me. I came, I did not come from the restoration industry came in very green And then when I transitioned into technology, very green, had no technology, (laughs) like no business running a software company. And so just have had huge influential people in my life, a lot of support and some similar fun stories to tell. So looking forward to it.
0: I can't wait. I can't wait to do it. And uh, I... I, I, I'm struggling to like find another word other than excited right now, but I cannot wait to do this on your podcast, restore your power to succeed. Uh, and anyone listening to this, go over to Rachel's podcast, check that out too, and uh, look for this upcoming episode with her and her influential people.
1: Perfect. Can't wait.
0: Awesome. All right. With that, let's wrap it up. This is me broadcasting live out of the Bellingham GMS headquarters. You are located in...
1: Mesa, Arizona.
0: All right, Rachel, such a great time talking to you. Thank you so much.
1: Appreciate it. Thank you.